Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. We are so excited to welcome you guys to our first ever international episode. Yes. So dope. Pastor Jim Parkin, myself, Ashley Chandler, and we have the Bradshaws from Haiti tonight. So Jim, I'll let you do a little quick intro and then we're going to let these guys introduce themselves a bit, share a bit about them. Right on. So yes, like you guys heard, we're talking to the Bradshaws. They are in Haiti. So little housekeeping if it seems delayed or broken up that's just how it's going to be and just enjoy it enjoy the ride so these guys like literally gave up their lives here in fenton michigan gave up alex gave up a a landscaping business sold all their stuff and moved to haiti on obedience god called them so they just did what we're supposed to do did that be the hands and feet thing and went on over for us here watching them has been crazy enough so we can't imagine for how the ride has actually been so these guys are going to kind of share with you some of you i think may have heard them on an early episode but now they're back and they're going to share with you guys their story take it away (laughs) all right um thanks kristen that's an alex and uh, we have been just recently celebrated our eight-year uh, anniversary of being married. That's awesome! Congratulations. So, a little backstory on us, and part of what led us to Haiti was that we struggled with infertility for eight years, um, almost eight years. And um, so, when we originally moved to Haiti, we felt like God was getting us ready for um, actually leaving America, and we didn't know where we were going. So we started praying about, like, God, where are we going? And the constant theme of our life was Haiti. It's funny because originally we said, God, not Haiti and not Africa. <laughs> <laughs> like Italy or like France, somewhere where there's <laughs> no bugs. Um, and so we, God's funny. He laughed. Thought that was a good joke. Um, and God picked Haiti. So we started to pray about it and it just was confirmed over and over, um, including our first visit and like how we got connected here. Um, but to keep the story a little bit shorter, basically we moved down here, um, to be the parents to 12 kids that were in an orphanage. And we learned very quickly after moving here, like just within the first few months that, um, eight, nine of the kids of the 12 had parents in the orphanage. So that's confusing, right? Um, so 80% of orphans in the world are actually poverty orphans. And what that means is, is that their parents just don't have the means to take care of them. So oftentimes an orphanage opens up. Um, I can speak specifically to Haiti. I can tell you about 90% of the time, um, an orphanage will open up as a business, not as a ministry, um, because whoever's running the orphanage typically makes money off the fundraising, the donations and the kids. And so, um, unfortunately, we learned that the hard way. And so we worked there for about a year. Um, we actually started taking the kids to visit their families because mm-hmm. we we're like, wait, we know your mom. Um, we see her at church. And so we started getting the stories, meeting the families, and it broke our hearts in a whole new way. Um, just that God has 
heart for families and for parents to be empowered to stay together. And so that shifted us um, from the let's run this orphanage and be these kids' parents to how can we help families to stay together? How can we help them sustain um, a living? How can we help them have something for their kids to do so that they stay off the streets and don't join gangs? And um, so within us, I think in the first year, our dream for our community center was born. Um, although it didn't start the first year, it took us a minute. Um, we worked, it's, took us two years, three years, three, three years. Three years um, yeah. We just celebrated our one year anniversary of what we're doing now. But there was a moment um, in the middle. We worked for another organization, which was a good thing. So we learned a lot from them. Um, felt like God wanted us to start the community center on our own, own like turf, like in our neighborhood with our own nonprofit. So we started a nonprofit called Abide in Love. Um, and so last May, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, um, Alex and I opened up a community center. Um, so, we were actually supposed to yes. launch, I think, two days before mm-hmm. uh, Corona hit Haiti. So or no, two down. days after, right? It was the day, the day after. The yes, day after we announced. were supposed yeah. to launch. <laughs> and Corona hit Haiti, and and so it's been. Oh, wow. We delayed Hi. our start, and yeah, it all worked out. But for sure, um, was, uh, yeah. So through the community center, um, our heart is to provide a safe place for kids to come. We love Jesus. We want kids and families here, and and all the adults in our community to know that um, they're loved by Jesus and. We really focus on being neighbors. Uh, it's definitely a theme that God has given us. So Alex is wearing is the Eskewlevoisem shirt, which means that's Creole, um, the language of Haiti, for won't you be my neighbor? We gotcha. kind of love Rogers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've actually the last year we've started some programs. So things in Haiti are difficult on a daily basis for majority of the population. Without focusing too much on a lot of the negative things we see, just know it's like 70% of the population or more lives on less than $2 a day. Um, The unemployment rates here are really high. However, I will say most of the parents that are unemployed do have a job. They typically walk around and sell things or have like a little stand where they sell things. Or wash people's laundry or clean their houses, whatever. Yeah, but it's not recognized by the government. They're not paying taxes. So people have jobs, but also jobs are hard to come by. So it's a lot of random work. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, like the Mason guys that are building houses and stuff. I mean, it's not every day somebody's building houses. So, I mean, it is every day. <laughs> Probably is every day. But, like, there's certain seasons that are busier for that right. kind of stuff. Literally wait for like a dump truck to come and say, hey, I'm going to a job site, and then they jump in the truck. Yeah, so, pretty wild. So work here is not like America. Uh, it is about as different as you can get. Um, yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we live in Guadalupe, Haiti, which is about 20 minutes from the airport. So if you've ever been to Port-au-Prince Airport, we're like... In no traffic. Yeah, in no traffic. If traffic. That's pretty a short drive. That's a pretty short drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're what, like two miles from the airport? Yeah, we're literally, yeah. Yeah. Two and a half. 
us four hours before to get home or by the airport or um, traffic in Haiti is fascinating. One of the worst parts of Haiti. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, right. Because there's really no rules. No, there there's, are. there's no sides. Well, well there's, there are. There's rules. Nobody follows <laughs> them or enforces them. Yeah. And if you, unfortunately, the police actually. Honestly, I think the, the, the police would have a, uh, a lot more money to fund themselves if they just wrote tickets. For they actually wrote tickets, yeah. So they can <laughs> a lot. This will be interesting for first responders. Um, the police here don't have, I mean, they have sirens and lights, but they don't chase you and stop you like the police in the States are pulling you over. Mm-hmm. You have more like checkpoints. So every so often, actually all the time, there's checkpoints because right now there's um, an issue with kidnapping. And slowly, things of crime has been on the rise. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of checkpoints. So we get stopped a lot. And um, typically once the police... Which it's a good thing, though. It is. It, it is a good thing. It's for everyone's safety, um, so they stop you, they check your papers for your car. We actually just had to take all the tint off of our windows that we legally had. Um, but then the <laughs> government changed their mind last month and said, everyone take your tint off so that we can see if you kidnapped people. People and almost paid, they, people paid like almost $200 to get their window tint papers. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so the police here stop us. Typically, once they find out Alex and I speak Creole, they stop asking us for things <laughs> typically be like oh in English they'll be like I need a gift mm-hmm. um, and I'll talk to my girl and I'll be like oh okay you yeah. can go oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually honestly since since, uh, <laughs> since things have gotten a little crazier a lot of uh, Americans have left or foreigners have left Haiti so I think the police kind of know the people who are here are people who are here no. yeah. <laughs> so right. yeah yeah yeah. Not new anymore. yeah so we honestly we honestly get stopped a heck of a lot less i mean we go to the stock the checkpoints but a lot of times they just wave us through once once they get to know you in your area but yeah. another thing that's weird is please change locations i don't know how often but like every couple months it seems like they'll the same cop will be in like a whole different spot and i'm like oh Wait, why are you here now? When, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Part of our Haiti journey has been learning to live in political instability. Mm-hmm. So before coronavirus, for us, we were on lockdown almost a year before everybody else because um, the streets were, we, they, like, on fire, they were hot. They literally were burning tires. Um, there were power lines that they would like our intersection got blocked they just took like the power lines down and wrapped them around all the poles so if you were to try to drive through (laughs) it would be a bad day um and so we had most of 2019 we spent at our house in our house staying away off the streets and then there were days that would be calm days that they would say okay everyone can leave your house and get stocked up for supplies or whatever and then you could go home so those days were not always guaranteed, but they like tried to let people get out. So mm-hmm. we had um, in Creole, it's called pay lock, which just means country lockdown. So if I talk about pay lock, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, pay lock was the year before Corona. Corona came here March like 20th, I think, in 2020. And so we went from that to like getting all excited, like good work, things kind of calmed down. And we actually evacuated um, at the end of the year last year when things got really crazy. 
stayed home for a couple months, came back to Haiti. We're all excited to launch our community center, rented the building, and then Corona came. <laughs> so we had to postpone. Uh, yeah, we also call it Corona here. Everybody thinks yeah. we're crazy in the States because I think everybody calls it COVID in yeah. the States, but it's pretty funny. Everybody we talked to. So how did that look as a sidebar? How did that look there? Because I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard and you saw kind of how it played out here, you know, in like an election cycle and all those things. But, yeah. but just that aside, politics aside, how did it look for, for Haiti as a medical crisis? So actually, this will be really fascinating to you guys. Up until the last probably week and a half, we talked about coronavirus like it was in the past. Like it came to Haiti, uh, everything shut down in March of last year, and things they closed the airport. They closed the airport, so we were here. Uh, some people they started offering these like evacuation flights for Americans, and they were three thousand dollars to get to Florida. We were like, we really prayed about it, and it's funny because just like you guys, we're watching it unfold around the world. I remember like the cruise ships mm. uh, docking with all the sick people mm-hmm. in Italy, and so we were kind of watching and staying up to date, uh, and. It kind of, we weren't sure it was going to come to Haiti because there wasn't a lot of people visiting Haiti at that time. So we were like, maybe the lack of foreigners will help us. So uh, we just kept praying. Like when things shut down, (laughs) we felt like God told us to stay every time we prayed about it. And it's funny because Alex was like a for sure, like, I know I'm hearing this. And I was like, I have this peace. And God was like, stay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, are you sure, God? I'm going to ask you again tomorrow. So (laughs) 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 Well, honestly, it's really hard because a lot of people during tough times here a lot of people call us and put fear and different things into our heads and sometimes a healthy fear yeah no it it is yeah sometimes it is but but also like we have to think about us here you know and pray through and follow what god is telling us to do here not but man is yeah Putting into us. Right. Yep. uh, I think the first case of coronavirus was like a man from Belgium or something. So we had an added fear of the Haitian population kind of blaming Americans and foreigners uh, for the virus being here. And there were some instances in the beginning where if they found out a person had corona and there was Mm -hmm. they were in an ambulance, they would stone the ambulance or stop the ambulance and try to kill the patient because that's how some of an uneducated population thought that you could trap coronavirus and keep it from spreading. So that was a little bit scary in the beginning. Yeah. That didn't yeah. happen very often. It happened a couple of times, but it was enough to be like, are we making uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it also maybe made some people think that's how people they don't have. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that was, it was like, oh, not everybody who's sick has COVID. Like, they just have <laughs> Uh, in the very beginning, there was a fear, even like the Haitian, the general Haitian population, actually, when things shut down, they stayed home. But, mm-hmm. but when you live day but we were to day, already from a year lockdown, yeah. and then almost longer than that, honestly, of just on and off days of unrest, and then getting the COVID yeah. and staying in again. And like, so it was already like really like low, and then. Boom, COVID hit too. So the population of Haiti lives day to day. 
So it's not like they go to Walmart and they stock up on their water and their groceries. Right. Toilet paper, which you guys ran out of. Um, <laughs> it's so like, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it because I was like, I can like make money off of something. Yeah. Like toilet paper. Because <laughs> uh, literally everywhere <laughs> was completely stocked here. Here, we didn't have groceries. We were a little worried. I honestly that assumed happen. I was like, they're going to send all the toilet paper in the whole world to freaking <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> Instead of setting up <laughs> like all the other foreign countries, so, no, but no, they have, our, they have their own supply companies here in, in the Dominican. Yeah. It's, it's, we got our little Dominican toilet paper just fine. So we have the luxury of um, getting our groceries. Alex and I during Corona would go out every two weeks. Really tried to honor the whole two week, like see if you're sick kind of thing. So if we left, we tried to stay home for two weeks. That was horrible, um, and so we would stock up but we have the luxury of like our culligan water so we have culligan water jugs here for um our drinking water we can stock up on like 12 yeah 12 gallons five gallons five gallon jugs and we have 12 of them and so but my neighbors don't have that they might have two jugs and they got to walk to a water pump and they got to pump the water just to wash their clothes or take a bath or um so there's there was this Thing where we could stay home but the majority of our neighbors the area that we live in could not they go to an open market every almost daily uh every zone here in haiti we'll have like a mache that's open a market and you go to the market and you buy your onions and you buy your chicken and you buy whatever you're going to eat for that week or a lot that of people week. don't have refrigerators either so there's no or power. freezers so really they if they're buying meat they buy it daily yeah. or the day before you know the morning before so what we started to notice was at first everybody was trying to stay home, keep distance, but you can't distance in a third world country. And so there everyone rides public transportation, which is the back of a pickup truck with fourteen right. people. So what do you right. Mean? Yep. Five for one pickup bed with fourteen people. Like. Yeah. Masks weren't they weren't big in the beginning, masks. Yeah. And then we got to where like maybe fifty like percent of the people were wearing them for like two weeks, and then the masks went away. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, we heard of it, really. I mean, they were still was, putting out. There's the the yeah. Ministry of Public Health. Yeah, Public Health here was will send out a list every day or whatever. And I think up until now, I think there's like three hundred. Or maybe this is like four days ago. I think there's like 307 deaths total. Right. So they were kind of wondering how Haiti's been so low and with how much exposure everyone has to each other. How in the very world? Very interesting. Um, so what we saw was I think there was like one month. I think it was in May where we started to notice people were sick. So we'd go out and someone would be like, oh, yeah, my brother's got a, a cold. You know, they use a, a special word for cold. And I'd be like, but can he taste? Can he smell things? Well, no. And I'm like, okay, it's not even for me. Uh, it started to be like, it wasn't even a full month. It was like two weeks where a lot of people we knew were sick. There was also <laughs> this um, special tea. <laughs> Sounds mm. funny. So when <laughs> the first guy mm. here, there's a lot of misinformation, just like Still. the States. Uh, so there's a lot of misinformation and it goes around, uh, if you guys are familiar with WhatsApp, there would be these like really intense videos or voice messages sent on WhatsApp. And so in the beginning of Corona, we would just listen to these and be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. 
first it was like the Chinese are injecting their meat with the virus. And mm-hmm. there was a video of like them plumping up meat. Yeah. Adding water weight to meat. And they were saying that was the virus. And so we had to like explain to our staff yeah. who was major hating on everyone in China. I was like, no, no, like that's not even what that is. Um, this is just something that they do. It looks better. Actually, it was funny because they didn't listen to me. But when Alex said it, it was fine. Oh, okay. That must <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they actually went home and told all their friends that were saying that, that like, hey, you guys are silly. Like, yeah, that's not what that is. Uh, there was another one that went around. I think it was my favorite. Was if you opened up your Bible to the book of Genesis, and if you found a hair in the book of Genesis, God gave you that hair to protect you from Corona, so you had to boil it in water and make tea and drink it. And so, actually, so a ton of Haitians opened up their Bibles and found the hair. I need some hairs in their Bibles. So, oh no! You guys open up your Bible and get in Genesis, and I was like, if I found a hair in the Bible, it's probably one of my dog's hairs, and I'm not going to drink that. So that was a hard one because sometimes culturally, those right, most people probably open up their Bibles, and there's probably a hair in your Bible. I mean, like. I'm thinking even just the placebo effect of like, hey, I'm not getting sick now. I mean, it might be a win, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's why Haiti was spared was yeah. the hair in the Bibles. So I'm not sure. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, Could have seen a miracle. We're not, still not sure. Um, so, yeah, it was, there was like, there's also an actual tea that they make here. And I would love to know, like, um, medicinally, like, how, what, what purpose it has, I do feel like sometimes you, you know, mint is good for your sore throat or like different things, ginger is good for stuff. So they make a tea here. I couldn't even tell you what's in it, but I did try it. Um, it was super gross. <laughs> it was super salty. Yeah. And so somebody made it for me because it has like, like, it has like six uh, different leaves in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know all the leaves. salt and there was some sort of tree bark in like there. Crazy. <laughs> I drank tree bark tea. It was not good. Kristen did try it. I did. I did, I did yeah. not. I couldn't give myself. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "This is going to be great," and I tried it. It was just so salty and bitter that I couldn't uh, even drink it, and I took it back. But it was something that most people drank and said that that either protected them or like prevented coronavirus, or it helped them if they had it. And so, uh, don't who know knows? If there's any yeah. To that. Right. So that was some of the corona things. Then I think come December, we, like everything opened back up. We still had to wear masks at like the grocery stores, but yeah. most people weren't wearing masks anymore, like in public transportation or the open markets. We didn't really see even much our of that. staff. Yeah, we went by the time October came, there weren't even cases every day being reported. Uh, so we like let the kids stop wearing masks at the community center, and the staff didn't have to wear masks unless they were sick. Stop checking for temperatures. Like it kind of chilled out. And Still had a water, like hand washing bucket, but yeah, and hand sanitizer everywhere. But that's good, anyways. So right. then, I think the last month, it's kind of like we're seeing a rise in cases, mm-hmm. and they're seeing it's like the variants, and that's why it's different. So the cases have gone up a little bit now, and actually, our our everything's not shut down, but they are trying to shut the schools down and the churches right now. Yeah, school is not supposed to be over till July 30th, but they're they ended. Some of the schools are ending on June 11th, so this Friday. Right. Which is so sad. Which is crazy because they just took. Missed. Yeah, they just took their so other much. exam from like last month, so there was still a whole another like quote unquote semester. Because before coronavirus, 
the schools were all closed for the country lockdown. And so these kids have missed a full year of school and are still right. trying to For pay yeah. lockdown, for three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks and then it, the whole rest of the school would they started oh, back no, in, they went in back January, in January, February, yeah. and March was doing yeah. So, yeah, so the kids yeah. are already behind before that, but that's just set everything back. So um, it's a little bit unfortunate right now. So actually, there's a curfew back in place. We're all supposed to be at our homes at 9, I think it, the curfew is. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go out after 9 and wear your masks everywhere. But there's not anyone really enforcing it. Like, if I were right. to tap tap and like the taxis here you know those pickup trucks where there's so many people in them if i wasn't wearing a mask i don't think anyone's going to stop me and say anything well maybe as an american, as an might, american but... with my really light skin color everyone's probably not going to want to sit by me yeah. there's still a belief too that it's a foreign sickness and not like it is like, a little funny even though we live here and like a lot of our neighbors know that we haven't been going to the states they still feel like bring them corona not that they could get it. Mm-hmm. So there's still a little bit of that that we're seeing. Also, the numbers could be really swayed too. They were, tests were donated to the government and they were selling them at $300, $300 per test in the beginning of Corona. So, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So most people don't have $300 to go blow on it. Right. Tested yeah. for something. They don't want to have. Well, you know, that's super similar to here, right? Because it was just a lot of misinformation. They're finding that recently that there's, there was like certain facilities that would test people and they would have, like, they have a resident that lives or they test that resident. And then for whatever reason, instead of waiting for whatever the two weeks, they would test. So every time they tested and it came back positive, they kept recording that. Uh-huh. So the numbers in several states were were showing like these thousands and thousands of new positives. <clears throat> but they're finding that it was really maybe like, uh, this is a total gross exaggeration, but maybe like one guy got tested 20 times, you know. But it's, and it's starting to dip down now, you know, but. Yeah, it was kind of hard to, I couldn't explain to you why the numbers weren't doing anything. Also, Haiti's not new to outbreaks of sicknesses. Cholera just happened right. in like 2011, I think it was. Uh, yeah. We just went, this was like the first year um, that we haven't had someone diagnosed with cholera. Like one, nobody was diagnosed with cholera over, I think it was in 2019. Was the first year without a case of cholera here, so the cholera outbreak was horrible, and that was what actually our um, the guardian at our house, the guy who like watches our house security, kind of was like, "Corona is going to be like cholera; it's going to come and it's going to go, and we're all going to be fine." And then and some people like, are going to die. Yeah, and yeah he was like, "You might die, but you guys are going to be okay." Like he just, uh, I remember that talk, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so scary!" But it wasn't new to everyone in Haiti to have a sickness, you know. Unfortunately, kill a bunch of people off, quite make you a little bit scared, um, taking precautions and things. So where that was also new to us. And yeah, so those things are here. Malaria is still here. Like there's, that's the hard part too, is with village populations, especially like we live in the like suburbs of Port-au-Prince, uh, a little bit more of an educated population in the villages. 
people die of like a stomach ache all the time. Like if someone dies in the village and I'm, I'm like, hey, what they die of? Well, they had a stomach ache. But that could have been a million things. And right. sometimes it's yeah. like doctor. They actually don't. Or they go to a voodoo doctor, which yeah. is a big thing here. So they'll be like, it was a voodoo curse and he got a fever and he died. Uh, or if or the guy like, drank, he drank something, the voodoo priest gave him and <laughs> right. two days later he died. Like, so, so we think some of that has a role to play too in how Corona played out here last year. Right now, it just like this, we're in like a 15 day what do they call it? like a state of emergency? That's why there's a curfew and things are trying to see if they're curbing the numbers. Our staff, like our employees at the community center are telling us a lot of it is politics and they don't actually believe that the cases are rising. Uh, they think that they said that from the beginning. Yeah. And they could be right. We don't know because we're Americans, we're foreigners in this land. And how hard we try to understand if we don't, but they say the president here is trying to like, get money from other countries, get aid, because he's requesting aid now. Uh, so, and nobody in Haiti likes the current president. It's kind of a thing. He should be done, and he's not. And so that's another thing. So they're also saying he's using this to prolong his presidency and to, they just were like redoing the Constitution. So yeah, it's a supposed lot to be of redone politics. Actually at the end of June here, what they're talking about. Changing it, it. Because the government offices are all closed. Also by Violent, yeah. <laughs> the government offices have been closing early, which yeah. we know because we're also adopting and having to deal with that stuff. And so, uh, right. kind of, oh, yeah, what we do. But that was, yeah, Corona and Haiti, we're on like phase two now. Yeah, so Tesla, yeah. the, the numbers kind of shot up a mi- for a minute, and then not like shot up, but I mean, like maybe 20 new cases a day or five. Or seven or forty. Mm-hmm. But, December we only had yes. Like yeah, total. there was like twelve. Yeah, there was 12 like twelve deaths total yeah. at December in two thousand twenty yeah. from that whole year. So, but um, oh, now they're back to charging again. So I think I think they're actually buying us now. We're also getting a vaccine here from France. Probably similar to what's going on in the states. Everybody's very scared of it. We're hearing a lot of people have died from it. I don't know if that's true. But all of my Haitian friends are saying, I'm not going to let them give me the vaccine because I don't want to die. So <laughs> that's a fun one. We don't, I don't even give advice on that Seriously. to anyone. split here, just like the states. Yeah. More like I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't even say split. Um, from more educated you know. people yeah, that maybe. I've heard from are very split. Not, yeah. They're, they're actually, well, a lot of the people that I talk to will just can go, yeah, we'll go, they'll just fly down to Miami and get vaccinated they can come back on the same day with the Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, the different vaccine coming here. It's not here yet. There's been zero vaccines administered here. Um, So that's, yeah, a little bit different than the States, too. I think I recently heard that uh, they turned down the vaccine the first time, the government, and then whatever company was offering the vaccine came back with the vaccine plus money to, to accept it, <laughs> I think they did. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, but it, it's so different, right? Because we've talked about that before on the show. How how suffering, you know, like going through hard things, like the Haitians have, it gives them that um, that capacity to go through hard things again. So for them, 
I can totally get why they would be telling you, ah, it'll just be like Colorado. It'll come and go. It's no worries. Yeah. I remember um, my best patient friend here, we were talking, it was in October. Uh, she was helping me decide at the community center if we were going to let the kids stop wearing their masks. Like nobody was wearing masks. The schools weren't requiring it. And Alex and I are Americans. So we're like, everyone's going to keep the mask on your face. It's like we were just trying so hard. And I remember she sat me down. And at that point, some of the, um, something that's kind of ongoing here in Haiti right now is patients are being kidnapped for money. And uh, some sad things are happening to them during these kidnappings. It's not been an attack on Americans or anything. So we're not worried about our safety. But uh, it does really play on the mental health of our staff and like people that we see. So there was a point in, um, it was October where Mary sat me down and she was like, Kristen, like we have enough other things to be worried about. We don't really want to think about masks. And it was really hard for me to hear that. But then she started telling me about all the things that she was going through. She's, I think in the last year, like she rides in tap taps a lot, the public transportation it gets robbed all the time. She just got her phone stolen. Um, the like, gun to her head. Yeah, she she was taking a nap in the tap tap. It, a guy jumped in it, held the gun to everyone, and she was sleeping. So he poked her in the face with the gun to take her her bag, and it had her phone in it. And it's just the things that are ongoing here that our friends and neighbors go through on a daily basis. It's hard. And the and, kids in our programs. Yeah, and the kids in our programs have had some stories from some of the political instability over the last year. Uh, there was Stuff you wouldn't even believe that yeah, <laughs> that like, we don't even have to fathom as an American. Like, yeah. So it got to the point where I said, like, yes, this is a real virus. Yes, it's affecting a lot of people. For whatever reason, it was it looked so different in the in the states versus Haiti, and I think it's just poverty. Like how it looks here is we didn't have a choice but to go out, and if you know. The majority of the people weren't wearing masks. They didn't feel like there was a point. There was a lot of hand washing stations that were out. Those were really cool. They should have those anyways. Because running water, most people don't have running water here. 2021, but the majority of my neighborhood doesn't have water at their house. They have to walk to a pump and pump their water with their body. Like, and it just blows my mind. (laughs) Right on. That was a long sidebar. I like rabbit holes. That's that's my thing. No, and selfishly, I didn't know if we were gonna go over all that, but I wanted I wanted to know, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I'm I'm glad that we went down that that route. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's been it's been crazy. You guys are doing doing the thing down there, and it's the whole journey has been wild. But I think that we'll have some people from Freedom Center Church listen to this. People are excited about this episode. So yeah. tell us about this baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I made him stall. I'm so sorry. Oh, do it. <laughs> I'll be I'll be quiet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you guys still hear us? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, a little thing popped up for us that says our internet's not working. But, um, so yeah. So we have a baby. And uh, he <laughs> is the five months old on the 19th of July. So he's getting there. He's enormous <laughs> to me. Uh, he might not feed everybody else. But his name is Bravery. 
and he's pretty cool. We're adapting him. Uh, we're doing it. Our process is a little different. So if you've ever adapted internationally, that's really cool. We are not adapting internationally. We're adapting as Haitian nationals, but we're not. So we have a special thing. It's like a. It's a residency. It's like a green card in the states for Haiti. But it kind of looks like a passport book. So I have, we have like a passport. It's a really hard process for us to get that. Uh, it's not always so difficult. I just feel like whenever we try to do things here, it's extra difficult. So it took us like 11 visits when it should have taken three. Was it fun. was downtown and there was all kinds of stuff going on down there. So uh, we had to like we had the dodge baby. the days, which yeah. were, you know, what days were down. It was an experience for sure. But it's the same for every, every uh, foreigner here that's trying to get that. That. So in order to live in Haiti and not have to leave every 90 days or get like a stamp in your passport, you should have that. So um, actually for coronavirus, we were I ended up staying here for nine months straight and I didn't get in trouble, but I think I could have and I could have had to pay a fee, but they let it go because it was corona. So it's better that now we can stay longer, which works out well for us because Brave does not have a visa to go to the States and it might be years before that happens. We're learning right now. We thought it would be maybe a year, but sooner. And we just learned recently it might be a couple years. Things so. are different for every person. Everybody's got a different story. So we've just right. heard this is more like discouraging stories sense. about other people who have tried recently. So, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen. Yeah. But it might not happen. And we have right. to be realistic to that too. So, um, so yeah, so brave, uh, has been, we actually took Brave home from the hospital the day he was born. So he's been with us from day one. And uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I mentioned before, we struggle with infertility. So almost a year. <laughs> that's important. So we were, we've been waiting for our own child for a praying. long time. Yeah, we pretty much stopped praying for a minute and kind of um, just thought we were that was it mm-hmm. With, like not having kids and then actually nine months before Brave was born we well Kristen started praying again about having a kid and then nine months later Brave was born <laughs> <laughs> I think we found out so one, it one was actually four weeks. So the, the backstory on Brave. Um, so Brave does have a birth mom. I don't love sharing her story because it's not mine to share. Um, but she was young and the dad in the situation was older and at her school and it's like a take advantage of situation. And so she didn't want to keep her pregnancy and the, we didn't know her. Somebody else knew her cause she's one of their sponsor students. And so we were approached and asked if there was an opportunity for you guys to adopt a baby, would you? And we were like, for sure. But our heart is that parents keep their kids. And so is there any way possible for this mom, even though she's young, to keep her son and uh so we started meeting with her she's pretty sweet um I mean I just adore her 
but she was young and her thing was like, I can't do it. She actually has she no to continue school. Yeah, she wanted to go to school, which she does for free where she's living. She's living with a woman who is not her mom. She doesn't have a mom here in Haiti or any like relatives, which would be almost impossible because your family really does take care of you here. And so her, she like got separated from her mom in the Dominican Republic. She grew up in the Dominican until she was like 10, like lived here. Yeah. Um, and then moved there when she was really little. So she actually speaks fluent Spanish too. Um, and her mom and her got separated and her, somehow, I think it was her uncle brought her back here and then he died. So, and she has no siblings here. I guess she has one brother other her dad is and he's in the Dominican and her dad is dead no living grandparents like just this crazy situation so we met her and we were like wow um what if we could get you a job because that's a big thing in our hearts too is job creation because I feel like you can really make a difference when you're building into the local economies here so that's a huge part of our ministry in our heart and she was like but if I get a job I can't go to school so she's um in Philo which is like high school here she's She's, mm-hmm. no, she's four, four, more four more years. Four more years, yeah. Still to go. And uh, so, yeah, so she she didn't have a dad to raise the baby because that was one of the girls at the orphanage, actually. Not her dad. A dad. A dad, yeah. yeah. For the baby. Right. Mm-hmm. To help. Um, interesting story on that. He was, <laughs> he was baptized after <laughs> the conception, the father of the baby was, so it's not his baby because there's no consequences after. No, so there's no consequences after to you my... Get, Baptized. Actions because of <laughs> 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 well, I was baptized. So you guys didn't know that's how that works. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice little loophole there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that was a really unfortunate situation. Yeah. He also lost his job because um, what he did was wrong, and he was much much older and had a position of power, and so without making accusations and making an accusation. Um, and so that's unfortunate. It also happens a lot here. So, right. so yeah, Brave, uh, Brave has a birth mom. She is actually still a part of his life. Our heart is that um, he knows her. He knows where he comes from. If he grows up and wants to call her mom too, that's amazing. Uh, we meet with her about once a month right now because it's all that we can spend with our schedule and hers. And so she gets to see him. It's kind of all she's interested in at this moment. But um, when she does want to meet up, we're like, let's do it. So she gets little like photo books and six because she's also in my heart, too, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. We love her and adore her and hope that, you know, this whole situation is just something that brings her closer to Jesus also. Yeah. And so it's a really unique situation to be in. And uh, honestly, two years ago, I would have said, no way, I would never do an open adoption. I think you're crazy. But um, I also think it's one of the coolest, most humbling things that I've experienced in my life. It also was a huge roller coaster throughout the whole thing because we were still leaving the option open for her to keep keep them. Yeah. That was our hope, honestly. Yeah. Like. To the day, to get, like like we were excited, like, but at the same time, like we didn't want to tell anybody because yeah. we really wanted her to keep them, and we hoped that she would have them and then like eat them and and yeah. just kind of create a bond that like she couldn't not take them. So 
we didn't actually know. We told her we, we knew, but we yes. didn't. Yeah, we every time we met with her, we're like, "Are you still thinking?" And you know, she'd say yes, but like every time she'd be like, "No, no, he's yours." And we'd be like, "No, nope, you have to wait." So we told her we would not actually take him until she had him and held him. Um, what worked out crazy that day was we actually went there right after she had him um, in the middle of the night. We yeah, went to the yeah, hospital. Yeah. And we stayed for a couple hours. We had an, an immigration meeting we could not miss. So we left for like five hours. So she yeah, was actually yeah. at the hospital alone with him and he latched and they she fed and she called me a few times saying, come get your kid. I don't want him. Yeah, he's um, like crying <laughs> in the background. <laughs> hey, pick him up. Like, so sure, she was going to keep her mind. And she didn't know. Yeah, we offered to like, like nothing to us, but like, we wanted her from the start. We were like, we just like felt like we'll pay for you to have him in a hospital. And whether you decide, like, to don't keep let him that be a factor. Or, yeah, like, you can't have your baby. And we're in like, we'll get you set up. Cause she was like, gotcha. I have nothing to like provide him from the start. I have no clothes. I don't have bottles. I don't have anything. So we bought some of those things just in case we did get them or she wanted to keep them. We would just, you know. Right. I don't want to have him at this house with this lady who's not my family. She was going to kick her out. Yeah, the lady was, was going to kick her out. Um, I can't feed him. I don't have clothes. So that's when we were like, okay, what can we make this conversation look like so that you keep your baby? And then it just turned into, you know. Well, then we like we really asked her. Yeah. And she just like broke out in tears. Like, she's like, no, I don't want to keep him. Yeah, like she, she had, she like had already set her heart on it. And then we went at the end of that day, we're like, well, we want to try to see if you want to keep them. And she just like burst into tears and we're like, Oh man. Like she was already like, she was like hoping it was a done deal from day one that we said, yes. Like, but God God knew all the way till Brave was born. Um, we didn't actually know that he was our, we actually all the way until not until he was born, we dropped her off at her house. Yeah. And gave her one last. We like prayed for her. Like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, are you sure? Like, this is a life, you know. And we didn't we tell, might. we only told our families the first week because we really thought she might call and change her mind. So we like waited to tell people. Um, I actually remember very vividly telling or making a Facebook post and announcing it and being like, watch me announce this. And then she changed her mind. And so, um, the longer we go where Brave's living at our house, uh, I see that that's not going to happen. But I also um, see that it's a very unique opportunity. I don't think I can say it enough. Like, it's I don't take it lightly that I'm raising someone else's kid. Like, that God has entrusted me and given Brave two different moms, right? So um, I get to be right. mom. So um, that's not lost on me, that it's a hard thing and it's a beautiful thing. Um, humbling and it's an honor so uh, so that's our son brave and like i continue to say he's super cool uh i mean he's <laughs> gonna be funny so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. My mom says that about their kid. I don't know. He's going to be really chatty. He's going to be chatty. He's talking. Uh, like, <laughs> making noises with his mouth. Honestly, he likes to spit on people. Yeah. Uh, like the raspberry thing is fun. <laughs> He's just a joy, really is. Um, so yeah, a blessing that we didn't Definitely, really I know feel like he's, he's Yeah, he's been uh, challenging as, oh, yeah. like, we were definitely underprepared when <laughs> we actually did take him home. We're like, oh, we don't have, like, anything. <laughs> so we like waited a couple weeks. Yeah. We did an Amazon uh, registry, registry and, you know, it took three weeks for everything to get here so we made it work until until then but it was uh it's definitely it's been crazy but he's i feel like he's like as hard as it's been i feel like he's a pretty easy baby (laughs) from talking to people like (laughs) but like still it's challenging i don't know Uh right yeah yeah we this is the first time parenting in a third world country during a pandemic Mm. Uh, and our families are not nearby, so that's been, I think, the hardest part for us is, like, we waited so long for this little kid to come in our lives, and now I feel like we don't have to share them. And so that's a little bit challenging because it's doing all these fun things, um, but also it's, yeah, totally out of our control. So, um, but yeah, so that's Brave. That's Brave's story. And uh, Very cool. He, he'll have whole knowledge of that that I know some people um yeah I think I'm always hesitant to share the story because I'm like I never want for him to hear that story from anyone else so he'll be raised to know his mom um and her story and her side of it which has been really me actually there's a group here in Haiti of other adoptive moms that have like a Facebook group and they live here just like we do there's actually a group of us surprisingly it's a bigger group than I thought it would be and it's been really neat to read about their journeys with adoption and adoptive moms and things that um, they found to be really helpful for their kids and like identity and stuff. So that's been really helpful to me. Also, it can be really hard to read their truths sometimes. Mm. And, uh, but I, I'm blessed that I even have a Facebook group that I can look at like that. Right. And, and it's specifically very, yeah, Facebook's interesting. <laughs> How much? How much time do you guys have? <laughs> how long are you? Oh, all night. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Yeah. So, is there a okay. is there is um abiding love that is still a thing, right? Is that a thing that people can make donation to and stuff like that? Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, you can go to abideinlovemissions.com. That's our website. That's our website, and you can find out all about us. You can find us on social media. We have Instagram and Facebook. I typically up those very uh, update those very regularly. I will say the last couple of weeks we have been so busy. The month last of couple May. months with Brave. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brave, <laughs> an adjustment. So between being tired, but honestly, the last like two months, uh, we haven't had a ton of days off. We've been maybe a little too busy. So we did some really big community outreach events at the community center. We did last month, we did three or four in one month, which is a little crazy. We did uh, an agricultural like festival at the community center. Then we had um, Flag Day. If you follow us on Facebook, you saw we, we ended up renting a, 
uh, giant inflatable slime. Yeah, inflatable slime. And that was fun to watch at the time. None of them have, I don't think any of them have ever, have I've ever, ever been on that. a blow up. Just in movies. Yeah. A lot of parents were like, this is so cool. My kid sees this yeah. in movies, but they've never gotten to experience it. Right. So that was a fun, and we face painted and did all sorts of crazy things. But yeah. uh, so we did like two events like that, like giant fairs. And then we had Mother's Day and we took the kids on a field trip, <laughs> plus all of our regular programs. Yeah. So last month was crazy. So yes, follow us on Facebook. Just I think it's at Abide and Love on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us there. Follow what we're doing. I feel like we post some really fun things. Uh, we also right now are, we just started doing something called virtual visits because of Corona and I, the constant, I can't promise you Hades a safe place to come visit, but the <laughs> constant instability, uh, we started doing virtual visits where we've so far, we've done like an art class. Alex's mom loves to do art and her kindergartners sent us some like art supplies. So our kids used them and had like a video chat with Alex's mom and she taught them how to draw some things like go. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, I'll, I, um, also, I, I kind of think about getting to know you guys in the very beginning and stuff. And like, you guys would have these crazy, crazy things that would happen to you or just crazy stories. And you guys just both laugh at things like, yeah, well, you know, that just happened, you know, whatever and stuff. And the, I think the thing that has, that you guys have really displayed and taught me over time is that you guys just continue to love people even when it's crazy and when it doesn't make sense and you just do the next step, you know? And um, I just, I love that about you guys. And I think it's so funny sometimes for you to share stories and you you know, it just got, and I, and I just, I really appreciate that you, about you guys. And I, and I know that that's really powerful. Like that, that's testimony, right? That's testimony of what God is doing through your lives. And, um, I just, I just thank you for that. You know, we're just regular people too. Right? You know, we're yeah. the same regular people that we were in the United States, right? It's just accepting the call. And now I right. can kill cockroaches. And mice. <laughs> <laughs> and spiders. Okay, now I don't have the spiders yet, but the mice and the cockroaches, that's on my, uh, I can do. <laughs> it's cool though, right? Because that's what I see. So you guys did the, you did the thing, you accepted the mission and you just stuck it through. Um, there's a, there's a dude I follow 
who he's the CEO of um, Preemptive Love Coalition. And what this guy did is he moved his family at the time. So it was him, his young wife, and his babies, and they moved to Fallujah. And so he's a dude that, like, right now, as we record this podcast, him and his team are in Gaza, and they're taking care of, doesn't matter, Palestinians, Israelis, whoever's in need, they're just doing the thing. I heard him speak quite a while ago now, and, and probably once a year I share this one quote where he said that he got to a place in his life where he had to decide for himself that when the world was scary as hell was going to be someone who would just choose or dare to love anyway. So for us watching you guys, you would for sure just encapsulate that and walk it out. It's, it's super dope. Thanks. That's love it. Humbling. <laughs> Thank you. They seem, I hope, hopefully we make it look easy, but yeah, well, it's, it's something like I'll tell people we have young people coming up in the EMS community, which is hard now because no one wants to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a super high paying, you know, career. So, you know, when you have a, a global health crisis, people are like, nah, bump that. I will 15 bucks an hour flipping sandwiches, man, right. all day long. But for a lot of these kids that are struggling, that's because Ashley's been to Haiti, I've been to Haiti and Cuba and, you know, in Romania and all these places. And my advice to people all the time is you need to get yourself off this continent and find somewhere where like people are living their life on two bucks a day, you know, and we're freaking out because the Starbucks line is super long. And it's like, you know what I mean? Suffering though, like the Christians here are living on Massachusetts Day with the craziest amount of joy. Like we came right. here to like help or something to do, but yeah. I feel like we've gotten so much more than yeah, we'll ever we've give back. Like yeah. so much and and witness things that you a normal person couldn't go through and and like tell you about how God's still good. Like I'm yeah. like, wait, what happened to you? And you said what? Yeah. Like right. Or like you're like like the first thing they say, you know, it's like, yeah, God got us through this and uh, yeah. and now it's, we're on to the next thing, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's inspiring and hard to hear as an American where, like, I was that person, like, dang it, Starbucks, get it together. Um, right, yeah. Or, you know, whatever else, whatever other small issue I had that I thought was big. And then we came here and I was like, huh, like, this is wild but also like when paul talks about rejoice in your suffering i've right. never seen anyone do that from my neighbors here and um it really challenges me and sharpens me which is uncomfortable it's not comfortable to be like you know because especially too because we're still americans living in a foreign land as much <laughs> as we want to like you know infiltrate the system here and like be part of the culture and fit in we're always going to look like we do which is different than everyone else mm-hmm. And uh, we speak the language, but everyone knows that we're not fluent like we are, but we're not. We yeah. get by. Um, and there's just, there will always be something that's different, but it's also beautiful that we get to be the bystanders and see and learn more than we'll ever get back. Like there's, there's just, 
something really cool that God's done in that. And I agree with you. I would totally encourage people to get out of America, go see somewhere else, wherever God takes you, go see it. Right. It's, it's four years. Right. It changed me a lot. Yeah. A lot of the things that I thought before I left America. <laughs> yeah, man. Just slowly yeah. withered away and don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool too because at at the very base level, not even really, even, you know, there's levels to the the mission mission like missions work and missionary game. But like even my career in the city, even being like the suffering that happens collectively in Flint and stuff that people that even like if you're in right smack dab downtown like east side Flint it's still only like 25 minutes to that big, beautiful main auditorium, you know, with all the lights and all the tech and all this stuff, you know? So it's, it's not the same, but the collective of people that are just going through the thing, but same have so much joy. And it's, you know, like these old heads that just have been living their life, making barbecue on the corner of, Pearson and Saginaw forever, right? And that's it. That's just what they do. And they're getting by and they're cool. You know, I share with people a lot. When I went to Cuba, I met a dude that was at the time 67 and had spent his life digging cisterns. If for our listeners who don't know what that is, that's a, a basically a well, it's a big hole for water, but by hand digging. And like you said, Kristen, so much joy. Like he doesn't know, I mean, I'm sure he knows sorrow, but not like, like, not like we perceive it. Yeah. I know sorrow so well that it makes the joy shine brighter. Right. I feel like that's something we see here a lot. It's something about how those can exist together at the same right. time in the same world that you can have such joy and such sorrow. And I think that's something that he was taught us over the last few years is that you can have both of those things and it's, it's but they're beautiful. And God tells us, you know, there's seasons for both of them. And oh yeah, something that another thing he just taught us. Right on. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. You know, I have this horrible habit of like waiting on, like that's my, my one job other than being on the show is to get guests for the show. <laughs> I'm just, just, I don't know. I need definitely some improvement in that area, but thanks for bailing us out coming in, being our first international episode. So it was funny that you asked though. Uh, I literally, when you posted that, when you were looking for somebody, I think for last week and, uh, I was going to message you, but then something <laughs> came up here like that night. And I was, I was like, I was like, Oh, okay. well, it's not going to work out. And then you literally messaged me the next week. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's God. That's what that was. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and for you guys listening, um, I will post the link to Biden love. So that will be in the description and everything. And Jim will end up sharing it to Facebook. So we'll get the, all that stuff out there. If you guys have any more fun questions for them, you can always, I'm sure, message them and connect with them. That'd be super fun. So um, this has been really, really, really cool. Huh? 
if you guys want to know any more, like anything more about the community center, we, I know we didn't really get into the programs and stuff that we do. Um, we just started some new, yeah, new fun programs and stuff uh, that are going really well. So the website will have like all your details. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Sweet. Well, all right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Yeah, me too. All right. Do you want to stay? Do you want to leave or do you want to stay? Jim has to. No, no, you're good. Hold on a sec. Jim, you need to do the outro and then we can chit chat for a second. Oh, yeah, that's right. The outro. That's my job. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, never on Twitter. Thank you, Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders for your love and support. That's it. See you next time.